KT, have you noticed that interest rates long-term are starting to go down little by little? Yeah, what are we going to do about it? I tell you what I think everybody should do about it. You should go to myalliant.com and take advantage of the one-year to 17-month certificate of deposit. They're currently paying 5.15% or 5.20% for amounts of $75,000 or more. Tell them one more time, KT, where they should go. Go to myalliant.com today. Now you know. September 4th, 2022. And in the entire history of the Women and Money podcast, I've only had one guest on previously till today, and that was Mark Kantowitz, who was really the expert on student loans. You needed to hear it from him. Today, I have such an incredible, incredible woman, doctor, friend, somebody who cares so much about you and your animals, your dogs and your cats. It's not even funny. Her name is Dr. Mary Gardner. And the reason that I love Mary so much is besides the fact she makes me laugh all the time, is because she has given me and others that I know practical tips practical ways that especially as your animals are getting older, how you can do things to help them health-wise without spending a fortune. So why now? Why did I want to bring Mary on now? I'll tell you, you know, I've not been the most optimistic about the possibilities and the probabilities that could happen in the economy over the next year or two. I do believe that we're going to go into recession at either the end of this year, 2022, or the beginning of 2023. But I also know for a fact that inflation really is still hurting you in the places that it counts, meaning food, rent. I get that gasoline is going down, but not so much to tell you the truth. And I just think it's going to get more and more expensive over the next few months, year or two to just live. And I don't want you to have to cut back spending money on things that are really important, such as the health of your animals. Therefore, that's why Dr. Mary is here on the second guest ever in the history of the Women and Money podcast. Girlfriend, say hi to everybody. (laughs) Hi, Susie. Thanks for having me number two on as a guest. That's awesome. Yeah, you're supposed to say, why wasn't I number one, Susie? What's the matter with you? (laughs) That's true. I know. (laughs) Listen, I want to give you a little trivia. 
Uh, do you know what species of animals uh, don't have a gallbladder? No, I don't. Fish? <laughs> Besides Susie Orman. No, uh, the horse. Horses do not have gallbladders. So you're like a horse. I kind of am and like you're a- like me because I don't have one either. You want to know the truth is when I used to give talks and, you know, I'd be behind the curtains and they would be announcing me, getting ready for me to go out to speak to 20,000, 50,000 people. I did this thing with my feet like a racehorse. And KT would always say, what do you think you are, a horse? What are you doing? And I would be like getting <laughs> ready to yes. gallop out there. So now I'm kind of like a horse. And I'm sure yep. at this point in time, my gallbladder has been removed. And I hopefully am yes. absolutely <laughs> fine. You know, what was always exactly. so strange, Mary, is that over all the years that I did the Susie Orman show, people would call in and they would say to me, Susie, I don't have enough money to feed my kids. I'm maxed out on my credit cards. I don't have a pot to pee in. What can I do? And I would always say to them, how many animals do you have? And they would always come back and say four or five. It was almost as if Mm -hmm. the more debt they had, the more animals they had. And Hmm. it was a very difficult thing because you can't say to people, well, just get rid of your animals because they love their animals more than life itself. So tell everybody. So I have a few questions for you. How much does it cost to have an animal like a dog? All right. So there's been studies done that, that including food, toys, clothing, because sometimes, you know, there's clothing that, that, that are bought and veterinary care, it is $125 a month on average. Of course, depending on the size of your dog, you may need a bigger bag of dog food. So a Great Dane is going to cost you probably $200, but the average pet is $125 a month. So that's $1,500 a year that people need to budget for just for the basic care. Basic. And what does basic care include? That is the bag and cans of dog food, not, you know, um, some of these boutique brands that are that are out there, right? That it includes the vaccines, it includes the 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 exams that you need just for the health. So not if something happens. It includes um, some toys and things like that. So if you think of a, vet- a veterinary visit once a year is probably about $300 just for vaccines and just an exam. But if anything goes wrong, then it's going to be more. So the majority of, of things that people spend money on for their pets is their food. All right. Now, what are typical things that can go wrong in the first year with a dog? Because, oh. you know, Colo just got a little Yorkie, okay? He Oh, no, he didn't. He did. Oh, got a Yorkie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Yorkie. And I was asking him the other day, how much do you think you spent on that dog since you got it? He said about Mm $2,000. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because he takes it to the doctor every time. It had the da-da. So, somebody, so. Let's talk about that. All right, go on. Now, actually, let me me start with something that, that I struggle with. So, the purchase of animals, and I'm not saying Colo did, but but here's the big thing is that so many people love a certain breed. And listen, I love a certain breed too, Susie. I am a Doberman lover and a Samoyed lover. However, to purchase a dog from a breeder could be two to $5,000. And a Yorkie, and, I'm, and again, Colo might not have purchased a Yorkie, but, but is about Oh, he $1, did $1, purchase a Yorkie. He most certainly okay. did. 
so there's a purchase price, which is very different. However, so many, um, there are so many rescue organizations that specialize in, in certain uh, breeds. So for me, I actually truly adopted and rescued a Doberman from a Doberman rescue. So if you love a certain breed, there are Yorkie rescues and they have puppies, adults, seniors. So they have dogs of all ages. So if, if you are financially, you know, strapped or not, maybe consider just adopting because the expense of that dog to purchase from a breeder should, should actually go towards the savings for an emergency. So I don't know if his $2,000 included the purchase of the Yorkie. His was $400 because that's what it was in Columbia. Right. But, (laughs) but what can I I tell you? So let me ask you this. You get a dog. Right. Yeah. And you told me what the basic expenses are. So about one hundred twenty-five mm-hmm. to one hundred fifty dollars a month. Usually, mm-hmm. is there an emergency the first year of some kind okay. that the owner has to come back to the vet? Usually. So it's okay. Uh, we should be spaying and neuter all of all of, neutering all of our pets, right? So so that is an expense that could be about four hundred dollars. It's not really an emergency, but you have to consider that. If they're adopted, they're already spay or neutered from the from the shelter. So Colo needs to spend that money to get the little one spayed or neutered. Yeah, he did already. So yeah. that is an expense. Perfect. Okay, so that's about $400, let's say. Within the first year, the two things that will happen are either a congenital problem will, will arise. So this little Yorkie, maybe it's going to have a collapsing trachea. Every breed has certain things that go wrong with it. Luxating patellas. Yorkies are known for kneecaps just flopping in and out. Um, heart disease. So, so things that are genetically they're prone to may raise their he- their ugly heads now. Uh, uh, something that's also common is hernias. So these little guys will get umbilical hernias, and intestines will come through and, and things like that. So, so a congenital issue is the first thing that's going to happen, or that that you're going to see in the first year. And the second thing are accidents. Uh, I can't tell you how many times. Uh, uh, you know, or Yorkie is put up on a countertop and he jumps off and he breaks his legs. I, when I was in general practice, I had somebody that come that came in with a little mini poodle and it's both his front legs were broken because he got slammed in the door. The kids closed the door and it slammed its legs in the door. And that's thousands of dollars because that's not me fixing it. So that's a surgeon. Realistically speaking, when somebody gets an animal, Right, because I always say to people, you need an eight to twelve month emergency fund for yourselves. Make yes, sure you do that you do. for your animal. If you want to mm-hmm. really be respectful of having an animal, how much would you say they should have in an emergency savings account just for the animal? I would I would really recommend twenty five hundred dollars for for an emergency event, and. It could go from, you know, $500 because usually stuff happens, Susie, in the middle of the night or on the weekend when your regular hospital is closed. So you need to go to the emergency hospital, which is more expensive. And there's a lot of workup and x-rays and things to be done. So I would really recommend a couple of thousand dollars in savings for that emergency. All right. Now, people always want to know, should they buy insurance? Is insurance worth it? What do you what do you want to say to that? I say yes, double yes, underline bold, yes. And the sooner you buy it, the better. So so Colo should get it now while the puppy's younger, because it will increase over time, just like us, right? When we're when things happen and we get older, stuff is more expensive if we want to get insurance now. So uh, probably around forty to fifty dollars a month. And there's different uh, plans, Susie. So just like in human medicine, there's different plans. 
a lot of plans don't pay for the normal preventative care that you need to do uh, throughout the year. And that's okay. So you should, you should be able to afford the vaccines and annual exam for your pet before you ever think about getting a pet. So that's that like $1,500 a year. You should be able to afford that without mm-hmm. any insurance. But, uh-huh. Correct. And then the insurance is there for when stuff happens. And it's not just the accident. It could be, you could have a seven-year-old dog that gets diabetes. And now you have to do blood work, you know, a couple times a month in the beginning, you're going to have to get medication. And some of these diseases, the medication can completely keep them healthy, but it could be anywhere from $50 to $400 a month. My own Doberman had a heart disease. It's called dilated cardiomyopathy, a big, big word, mean big floppy heart. And he was a big Doberman. So he's 110 pounds. So the larger the dog, the bigger the pill needs to be. And that means bigger the expense. And me, myself, as a doctor, I don't get discounts. I was $400 a month just for his meds. And that is a lot of people can't afford that. And that is where insurance came in to help. Is there a specific company that you like that sells insurance? Is there something that people should look for as a warning sign? No, this is a scam. Don't buy it. What would you tell people? There's a number of pet insurances out there. I Nationwide is, is the one that I usually get. There's Trupanion and a number of them. I think also the SPCA has one as well. I think you just need to consider your own finances because there are some policies that do pay for that um, annual maintenance, like I said. So there are some that cover vaccines and things like that, which is fine, but I just think you should be able to afford that anyway. You also need to look for breed-specific issues, so they may be excluded. So let's say you have a German Shepherd. A German Shepherd is very prone to hip dysplasia, and there may be an exclusion for hip dysplasia because we know they're going to get it. So be on the lookout for breed-specific exclusions. And uh, and just like just like health insurance, you have to think about your um, your uh, deductibles and things like that. And oh, this is really important, Susie. It is not like human health care. So you don't bring your pet to the to the doctor and they submit it to the insurance company. Mm-mm. You must pay that doctor first. Yes. And then you, this is huge, right? So you need to be able to have that money or be able to pay for that surgery. And then you get it back from the, from the insurance company. So you submit all the claims and you'll get about you know 80% back or whatever your policy is. There's all different policies, but you need to know that. So you may have insurance, but it doesn't cover the initial cost. You got to get the reimbursement, which is very different, right? Than us. All right. Now that is why everybody, number one, I wanted to have Mary on But that is why when you do your emergency savings and you're figuring out how much money do I need per month to live, you have got to figure in these things that Mary is talking to you about. She wants you to have at least a $2,500 a year savings account just for one animal. Mary, if somebody has two animals, mm. does that mean they should have 5,000? If they have three, should they have 7,500? I'm serious about this. I know. I know this is your risk in your bets, right? It's like going to Vegas. What do you, what do you want to bet on? And you could have multiple problems. I, I, almost all my animals usually have problems as they get older. Right? So I've got the jalopies. So what's important for those of you who are thinking about getting an animal or you already have animals... You have to care about them, financially speaking, as much as you care about your own children, as much as you care about yourself. 
It's what you want to do. That's being responsible for things that you bring into your lives, for people that you bring into your lives, for animals that you bring in to your life. Now, Mary, you've done two things that I love more than life itself. You've written two (laughs) books. I know you have another one coming out, but you've written two Mm -hmm. books that I love. Because you know, my background is in social work and geriatrics. That's what I went to school in. I didn't go to the university to be a financial person. I went because I really cared about older people. Because I worked in nursing homes, and I saw what would happen to them. And I used to think, oh, why'd they end up here? They must not have had any money. And I realized they ended up there because they, you know, they had money, but they had to stay there and the nursing home took all their money. So I'm a real big fan of getting older. Not I know, me too. I know, we got to get older, although I'm so much older than you, I can't even stand it. You're going to have to take <laughs> care of me when KT can't take care of me anymore. All right. I'll take care of both of you. All right, so... You care about geriatric animals a lot, a I do. lot. I and do. you, Those are, they have my heart. Right. And you wrote a book called It's Never Long Enough A Practical Guide for Caring for Your Geriatric Dog. Can you just tell mm-hmm. everybody why you wrote that book and how this book can save them money? Because that's what I care about. I know you do. No, and it can. So I wrote the book because I am now, uh, well, for the past 12 years, I've I've dedicated my life to end of life care. So the geriatrics and saying goodbye and hospice. And I have learned so much along the way, not only uh, from, from vet school and medicine, but from the families that I'd visit. So I've visited thousands of families with geriatric dogs and cats, and I learned ways to manage them at home. And so uh, in this book that I, I decided to, to write, it took me like a few years to write. So thank you for COVID that gave me the time to write it. And I really talked about the aging process and also all the different ailments that a geriatric dog is going to face. The number one issue that, that dogs face is mobility issues. So they can't get around as much, just like us. We get achy hips and joints and things like that, right? Um, so mobility issues. And so I talk about ways to set up the house better. So that way they have better traction. What's the best booties to use, the harnesses, things like that. Uh, I cover incontinence, which is also a big issue. So these guys are starting to lose their their bladder and, and, and do some stuff around the house. So the other thing that is great is that in every chapter, it, it has lists of things to be on the lookout for and things to ask your veterinarian. I also have a lot of checklists and diary. And I think I think what happens is uh, you know, just like us, you may go to the doctor and you leave and you're like, oh, I forgot to ask him to check this mole, right? <laughs> so I'm, I've listed all the things that you should be looking out for because families don't know what's going on with their pets. So many pets are in pain and discomfort and they just don't recognize it. So I'm, I'm telling people how to recognize that. And also what are the things you should be tracking? So that way you can make, if you do go to your veterinarian, you make one visit and you talk about everything that's going on and not needing to go back multiple times. But it's about setting up the environment is so huge. If you remember in, in human geriatrics, right? It's it's you have to set up their house to be safe, to be practical, and care for them in their in their old age. So there is a lot of tips in here that can help families manage their pets and also save money. 
and, and make visits to the veterinarian a little bit more impactful because they know what to ask. They, they just, you just don't know sometimes what, what, what you're dealing with and you're scared. What's the one thing about this book that you love most of all? One thing. The stories. And I think stories are so helpful for families to realize that they're not alone. And I have included many of my own stories. I, I've been 2 a.m. dealing with diarrhea all over my own house, right? So I want people to know that diarrhea not from your dog, right? From each other. From my dog. <laughs> not me. Not yet. Right. In like 30 years or something. All right. So I get your book. Am I going to be able to understand it? I really dislike books where people okay. talk to me in their language versus my language. I mean, I think one of the reasons that I've been so successful is I don't talk in finance language. I talk in Susie speak, right? So how do you, yes. how do you talk? I talk in Mary speak and, and not Dr. Mary speak. So I want, that is probably the second favorite thing. And I maybe should have said that as my first. It is written to the average person. It's written to the pet families. This is not a veterinary textbook. I've written one of those. You don't want to read that. It is so user-friendly and it's got doodles in it. It's got pictures in it. I have 250 pictures in this book so people can really see what I'm talking about. I don't talk a lot of you know hard medicine. I do explain things because I want people to understand what is a corticosteroid if they see it. But I, I make it in a way that is easily to digest and not feel overwhelmed because no one wants analysis paralysis. And if you were to say, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to taking care of their animals? I think with, with the geriatric animals, they think, well, that's just because he's getting old and it's no big deal, right? It's just he's getting old. We can do so much for these guys. You would never say that about grandma sitting on the couch, like, well, she's just getting old, so we're not going to do anything with her, right? We, we really can do so much to help them around their house to feel safe and comfortable. And when I go to the homes, I've seen so many times, Susie, and it breaks my heart because did you know that 50% of pets are not seen by a veterinarian a year before they're euthanized? So for their last, you know, basically it's like their last 10% of their life. Imagine us, last 10% of our life, not seeing somebody to help them. And I look at their house and there's just tile all over and they're slipping and sliding. And they're like, well, I didn't know what you were going to tell me. We can tell you a lot, and a lot is in this book. Yeah. You know, my niece, Dr. Katie Stender in the Jacksonville yes. area, does that. Yes. And she sent me this video once, and I'll never forget looking at it. She went to somebody's home. And by the way, if you're in the Jacksonville area, you better mm -hmm. use Dr. Katie Stender. But she went there, and the people really wanted her to put the dog down. And she looked at the mm -hmm. dog, and she said, this dog isn't ready to die. This dog just needs yeah. this, this, and this, and this. And then she went yes. back months later, and the little dog was jumping. Actually, it was a pit bull. Was jumping all over her and licking <laughs> her and everything and was fine. So sometimes yes. just a little tweak or what they'll find in your book can not only extend yes. the life of their animal, but give them a yep. quality of life where... They love their life again, and you get to love them even more. Now, I know in a few months, you have one of these books mm -hmm. coming out on cats as well, right? Yes. Called The Nine can Lives Are that? Not Enough, all right? So mm -hmm. everybody can look for that. But there's also another book that you yes. have written that I think touches my heart more than all of the books that you have out <laughs> there, and that's your 
children's activity books that help them say goodbye forever. You know, your forever friend. Yes. And you can see it that it's one thing when a child loses a parent or a brother or a sister. It's equally as hard when they lose their dog. So tell me a little bit more about that book. By the way, the name of that book is Forever Friend and why everybody should get that book. I get asked all, all the time, should I allow my kids to be present to say goodbye? And they, and I think we shield them. We're such a death adverse society and then we're scared that kids can't handle it. And I have to tell you, I encourage if they're five or older, I encourage to ask them if they want to be present. A lot of times this is their best friend. This is their like sister or brother. They're sleeping with them. They're taking care of them. They're playing with them. And for them to not be a part of that experience can be, you know, actually quite hurtful. And I, I wanted to have something, and I, I co-wrote it with Colleen Ellis, a good friend of mine, and she's very big in the pet loss uh, world. And we wanted to write something that could help families come together and have discussions about what's going on, right? So, because a lot of times moms and dads don't know what to say to the to the kid, they 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 look to me sometimes to how do I explain death to their child or what they're going through. And this activity book can be used before the death happens, so just to help prepare them. And I have things in there like creating a bucket list for the dog or cat, right? So having things to do as a family before the death happens can really help you through the grieving process. Because what you never want to do is have a regret. And I think that's the worst part is never getting to say I love you to someone or, you know, or a dog or a cat before they go. I love you, Mary. The things that are special. I love you too, Susie. <laughs> I, sorry, go on. I just had to say but, that. <laughs> yeah, but well, let's not go anywhere. We're going right. to be serious. I'm so trying um, not to go and, anywhere. Trust me. Go on. <laughs> Okay, I know. And so I think, and there's also other activities and crafts so we can prepare, uh, you know, a shoebox or a memorial frame and things like that or paw prints. And, and it just gives you ideas to do things and even write a blog, write a, do a vlog. Uh, you know, if the kid for today are, are very different than me and you were back then, right? And I think just helping them prepare to say goodbye. And it could be also done afterwards writing a letter to the pet that could be placed in their, you know, in their little coffin if they're going to be buried or going off to the crematory. I think it really helps the kid, ex you know, express their own feelings and not feel scared or ashamed. So here we are. So I think everybody should get it. So everybody should get this book. Everybody, everybody should get that book. Everybody too. should get that book. <laughs> everybody should get, right, It's Never Long Enough. And they can obviously get these books on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes. Right. Correct. I, I'm yes. not giving up my copies. I love my copies. <laughs> well, you want to know why? I know you're going to think I'm why? a little crazy, but reading Never. those books have also helped me because in my head, there's not a lot of difference between an animal and a person. No, there's it's not. And, and, you know, a lot of people will say, just get rid of like, you know, just get rid of them. No, that is their, I mean, a pet brings significance. They bring comfort. They bring care. There's, it, there's so much love that we can get from a pet and vice versa that I don't want that. I just want to make sure that we're prepared for what it, it can cost. And it's not just the financial cost. It's the emotional cost. It's time cost. Some people, if you're working 10 hours a day, a dog may not be the best option. You should probably look at a cat, <laughs> right? So there's a lot to owning them, but they're great. And one last thing, what do people do who have animals and they have absolutely mm. no money to take care of them at all? 
Yeah. That's a yeah. hard question That's to really hard. end with. I know, but what do they I know. do? I I I think the best thing if you do have a breed specific animal to definitely look into breeds uh, breed rescues. Like I said, I adopted my Doberman. He was 6 years old. There are people that will take your pet and care for them. So I, I, uh, and also bringing them to wonderful, the, the shelters and rescues are wonderful and they want to adopt a pet out. I used to work at the Broward County Humane Society. We wanted to find families for these animals. So don't just think it's a death sentence dropping them off. It's giving them a chance. It's giving them something, right? And so, and I think that's important. Don't feel guilty about it. You know, do the best that you can. And, and if, and if providing just love, food and shelter is what you can minimally do. That's okay too. You don't have to do MRIs and, and all these, you know, big things, but if your pet is suffering, then you should do the best thing for them. And whether it's to find care elsewhere and give them up, or sometimes, unfortunately with some of these uh, bigger problems, we do have to euthanize them. And that's sad, but, yeah. but we can make it, we can make it good. You know, on some level, I think it's so great that animals can do that because I mean, just switching topics for a second, like I always think mm. about people that are in such severe pain. They're sick, yes. they can't walk, they're screaming in pain, they're on medication, they're using up all their money, there is no hope for them. It's just, you know, they, like, why couldn't we just do that with people if that's what they want to do on some level? I know. But there comes a time, and I've seen the suffering of some people. I know. And the only relief that the family sometimes gets is after the person has actually passed away because they know that they're no longer screaming in pain mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. It's such a fascinating topic. My guest today has been Dr. Mary Gardner. Her books are It's Never Long Enough, which is a practical guide, everybody, for caring for your geriatric dog. And her children's activity book, to help with kids to say goodbye to their loved animals. Title is Forever Friends. Susie, thank you for having me. I hope it was helpful to some. I hope it was as well. I hope all of you on the Women and Money podcast family enjoyed this little deviation from the typical Susie school and the KT and Ask Susie Anything. But let me know how you felt about it because... I just think Mary's great, and I think everything she has to say can really help you get those books and just keep a true perspective on what it costs to have an animal, to keep an animal, and what you do when maybe you can't do that anymore. Girlfriend, I hope I get to see you again mm -hmm. one day in person. It's been so Me long. Me too. Long time. Me too. Right. But until know, everybody, oh. there's really only one thing that I want you to remember when it comes to your money, and it's this, for you to be smart, strong, safe, and secure. See you soon. Bye-bye now. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. 
Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.